Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about a new partner, Arostia, a new coffee roaster based in Queens. This company was created by and is run by a huge fish fan, Andy Hollander, who hasn't caught a hold your head up since 12, 15, 95, but is definitely not bitter about it. I've had this coffee and it's really great. Andy started roasting coffee during the pandemic, taught himself, and then that turned into this label, Arostia, which launched late last year. I had a bag of the Ethiopian coffee and it was gone really quickly because I liked it so much and I drank a lot of it and I need more. The beans were grown at an altitude of 2,100 meters above sea level, which contributes to a dense bean that continues to develop its flavors after the roasting process is done. The tasting notes include apple, raisin, and caramel, and there are more coffees coming very soon. So support this fan-owned business and try the coffee today. And for Osiris listeners, there's a 10% discount code on the site. Use the code OSIRIS at checkout for 10% off your order, and stay tuned for the launch of a coffee subscription. You can order and sign up for the mailing list at arostia.com. That's A-R-O-A-S-T-I-A.com. And you can find Arostia on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks, Arostia. Hey, listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out MagicalMysteryCamp.com slash HelpingFriendly to learn more. Hey 
everyone. This is the Helping Friendly Podcast. We are back uh, with another quick hit from last night's show, Deep in the Heart of Texas. Um, Seth, who is of Saxon Strikeouts on Twitter, um, has joined us. And I think this is um, your Helping Friendly Podcast debut. So welcome, Seth. Thanks for having me. Yeah, happy to be here. And a lot of fun last night. Um, My first show in Texas. uh, So good to kind of check that one off. But um, you know, a lot of good energy, a lot of, uh, interesting song selection, um, creative ideas going on with the band last night, which I think is pretty synonymous with what's happening this fall. Nice. So what do you, um, what were some of your, your highlights? Another, um, I think this is sort of, uh, following the pattern of really long first sets or maybe not long lengthwise compared to, you know other years or whatever, but just a ton of songs. Um, Lots of songs. I think I just kind of was like 14 songs. <laughs> yeah, that's and, just, uh, that's a... At some point, it just seems like they were just kind of firing through them. But uh, really, for me, the show really kind of picked up steam. Um, well, first of all, for, for It's Ice, it was great to hear that. That was one I had as kind of one of my picks I wanted to hear that night. And it was funky. The, yeah, it was very funky. Paige had a really good first set. There were a lot of songs, I think... Uh, you know, Breath and Burning, Rage with Page. You had, uh, you know, Poor Heart. He had some nice moments there. My Soul, and then you know, It's Ice. He really kind of took it over. And Page was, uh, Page was definitely all over this set. I noticed the same thing. He, he really was. Uh, the set really got going for me. I think during that whole "fuck your face" second grade fish song of all time, ass handed <laughs> first grade fish song, which you know, it was obviously they were having a lot of fun with the crowd, and, and then saw it again. That those three songs in a row, I think definitely really picked up the energy and, and it seemed like i think there were a lot of tour debuts last night if, I, if i'm correct i think um, jam base headed at i think 13 tour debuts wow. so wow that, that was that was that was cool to hear and, and definitely a, a lot throughout the night there were a lot of songs i think you know and i see you another one we were really excited to hear um quick note just on, on the venue itself uh one of the coolest uh indoor rooms I, i've seen fish um you know certainly I'm used to, you know, the MSGs and, uh, you know, the arenas uh, on the East Coast where, where I live. But to see them in such a small place and definitely not sold out. Uh, there was definitely some empty, empty seats upstairs, but really fun, energetic, engaged crowd. Also, there was very, very little cell reception last night, which I think <laughs> I heard going around. There were not a lot of streams. So the crowd, I think, had their phones mostly away and they were just there to dance and, and really enjoy the music. Excellent. Well, that's cool. That gave those of us at home a uh, night to sleep, so we, can, <laughs> so we can be ready for this coming weekend. They, they, that gave. It's exactly what I did. And um, Zach Cohen tweeted at me last night because in Atlanta, night one, I think, yeah, night one, I was, I, I was calling a farmhouse first tube encore, and um, when they played first tube, he said that um, he was happy for me because it was the last fish show I was ever going to see, um, which is. Slightly an exaggeration, but I won't see another one for a long time. And then last night, Zach tweeted at me, Farmhouse Encore, and tagged me and said, <laughs> who is definitely asleep. And there's no question that after that weekend, I need to sleep for several days. So thank you for yeah. not, not making me stay up. But um, Seth, you stayed up, <laughs> yeah. obviously. Yeah. And then, then the David Bowie also, it's a close of four set, really, really strong. I think that was also a tour debut. That was the one I really, really wanted. was hoping they would pull that out before they got to Vegas. And, and mm-hmm. fortunately... It did, and I think that kind of maybe squashes some of those Junta uh, Halloween set rumors, perhaps. <laughs> I think that was the first one. Um, so definitely a really hot version. And then second set, I don't think I've ever, I think 
to expect Dogface Boy to open a second set. I don't think anybody would really kind of have that one there. So definitely a, a treat. Uh, I haven't seen that one in several years. So that was great. And then even Petricor in the second set for me, um, my first fall show, so my first time hearing a lot of the Big Boat stuff live, and Petricor was, uh, even though maybe in the second set you'd wonder about it, I think they played it very, very well. The crowd, I think, responded really well to it, especially kind of the more up-tempo parts of the song in the middle. Uh, and I think people were excited about it. And then certainly the maze that followed was absolutely fire. It, it was really hot. Um, and, you know, maze and Bowie in the same show is kind of interesting as well. But, uh, uh, you know, the maze really took off. Again, Paige had another nice moment there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think really the crowd got really hyped up for that one. And then I think really if you want to listen to one thing from this show, uh, or maybe one 20, 25 minute segment of music. It's got to be the I Always Wanted It This Way. And then the Piper. Um, the I Always Wanted It This Way. This kind of uh, new sort of electronic mm-hmm. direction that they're going, which I think, you know, some of us are, are definitely curious about it. I thought it sounded great. I think it gives Paige really a chance to just go kind of mad scientist. He gets, gets on all his different keyboards, especially when Trade jumped over to the Marimba the last maybe five minutes or so of that that jam and then coming back with the piper out of that uh not a really long piper but very focused a lot of really cool creative moments uh especially from trey a little bit of good stop starting thing there definitely brought back the wooing a bit but it wasn't too overdone and uh i think it was a really really great version and even the bug i mean it's not a normal set closer but a uh, ex- little extra energy there and I think you know the encore you're never going to complain about that encore it was fantastic uh, and you know Buffalo Bill rock and roll great way to end the show uh, a lot of again really atypical placement for a lot of these songs mm-hmm. you know, like the dog face boy opener the bug closer but um, definitely creative continuing I think what they're doing really well this fall and the only other thing I, I could probably say and, and I, I mentioned it to my girlfriend last night with I Always Wanted This Way that seems like a song that could be primed for potentially uh, New Year's Eve countdown type slot, if you ask me. Just kind of talking about the future of, of Fish and what, what their music is, is bringing. So, That's awesome. uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. And it's a long way away. I'll be at MSG. I'm not going to be at Vegas. But for me, uh, you know, tonight, hopefully they, they keep these uh, sort of maybe first time tour songs coming out. I think the Yem. People are looking at that might happen tonight or they could save it for Vegas, but we're certainly hoping for it here in, in uh, Texas. And uh, yeah, I mean, had a great time, great venue, great sound. Uh, I think the production was really excellent too. Uh, for me, I think the 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 screens and, and the production of Kuroda have really stepped up. We had great seats last night. Uh, there's not too many bad seats in that venue, so nice. Uh, they really embraced it, and, and it was overall just a you know really interesting interesting show so um it's funny you mentioned the the new year's um song or the you know the all length song because yeah i i was thinking yesterday that um it was you know it was blaze on last last year going yep. into this year and that was perfect and uh, fuego the year before so they're i feel like the songs that you know either are i don't know it, it seems symbolic in some way and I, I think that's an interesting call and that seems like a good one that 
that could show up. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into that, as well, as is the case with most fish analysis. <laughs> it's certainly a song that they can, you know, as they demonstrated last night, they can kind of hang in that groove for a while. It's uh, it's got a nice nice sort of space element to it. Um, Brad, by the way, asked us to mention. So I, I think we shouldn't leave out the the fact that you know not only do they play bug, they also play dirt in the same set. Yeah. And um and he uh, would like us to tell everybody that he would have been crying like a baby or something to that effect. I think that's almost a precise quote. Um, I I also also we got there were two whistling songs in that show. There were two whistling songs, and which is yeah, we were wondering if uh you know so maybe Reba and Gaiuti tonight if Trey wants to keep his uh, whistling chops going. There you go. Uh, but yeah, Dogface Boy has never opened any set of any kind, so I think that's uh, kind of an interesting sure. get for you. And and you didn't mention the Seven Below. I thought that it not only was Seven Below it, listening this morning was nice. You know, it didn't go to the stratosphere, but it was a really nice version. Um, but also, it being right leading right into Petrichor, there's that passage in Petrichor that is at least. Um, it's like a thematic cousin, perhaps, to Seven Below. I think sure. Trey was really enjoying that space for both of those songs. Uh, There's a lot of the, the Petrichord jam to me, at least the last couple of minutes. It definitely reminds me a little bit of uh, the Divided Sky uh, jam as well. And yep. just kind of, you know, kind it's of very uh, familiar. A- a- anthemic <laughs> kind of chords that they follow through. And, and yeah, I, I think the crowd was, was pretty receptive to it. And I certainly was. And, and I hope they continue to. I mean, it sounds like they're probably going to be playing at almost every venue this this tour, and I'm sure we'll see it in MSG too. So, uh, I'm happy they're enjoying to play it. Awesome. Well, um, Seth, we really appreciate you coming on. It's been too long since, um, you know, since I know you've been we've been following each other for a while. So we appreciate you coming on and sharing your perspective. Absolutely. Maybe we can do it again. Um, do it again soon. Yeah, I mean, I might be able to do it tomorrow. Um, I'm going to be flying back to New York really, really early. So. Okay. Uh, Hit me up, and, and I'll let you know, because tonight's show should be real exciting. We're about to go head out and get some barbecue downtown and, nice. and kind of fuel up for for today. So awesome. uh, we'll go and do it again. But thanks for having me on. Yeah, Have a great, great show. Have a blast. Thanks, guys. All right, everyone. Um, we'll catch you tomorrow for a review of the second night um, from Grand Prairie. So until then, keep on rocking.
Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.